0: Welcome to the Big Unlock podcast, a top digital transformation podcast for healthcare executives, now in season four. This podcast is brought to you by Damo Consulting, a pioneering digital transformation advisory firm that works with the nation's leading healthcare enterprises. Join host, Patti Padmanabhan, founder, CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how consumerism, technology and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with leading digital health innovators and practitioners. The theme music for this podcast was composed and performed by Patti.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back. I'm here with David Evendon Charles, executive board member and chief scientific officer of Bayer Consumer Health. David, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show.
2: Thanks very much, thank you for having me.
1: But Bayer is a world-renowned brand. It's a very old company with a remarkable history. For the benefit of our listeners, do you want to share a little bit about Bayer, the company, and also the consumer health uh, division?
2: Sure. So Bayer's been around for. I'm going to get this wrong. I want to say 165 years, but uh, that might just be the number that's in my head right now. But um, It's been around a long time. A long time, longer than the Queen. And um, I I work within uh, consumer health, which is one of three divisions. We have pharmaceuticals, uh, crop science, and consumer health. And uh, within consumer health, we're a leading player. We've got 170 brands within the portfolio. About 15 of those are, are extremely large, who we focus our innovation efforts on, and we work across a lot of the different self-care areas, so allergy, cough, cold, pain, cardio, digestive health, dermatology and supplements. So we have broad self-care business. And uh, yeah, I joined the company about three years ago.
1: Excellent. So self-care has become a big. Trend among uh, consumers, and uh, I was curious to know. Maybe we can start with that. What are you seeing as the chief scientific officer of the Consumer Health Division of Bayer? What is driving this trend, and what are really the big trend lines that you're seeing?
2: Well, I think we've been seeing, you know, for some years an increasing interest in, in a lot of people that to take better care of themselves. You know, have become more aware of the impact of things like smoking, you know, watching your weight, exercise, eating the right fruits and vegetables and things like that. And, you know, that has been bubbling along, but not a huge emphasis on real prevention of disease. And I think you know, a lot shifted in the last couple of years We know that people want to take much, much better care of themselves. And that's totally been accelerated by COVID. I found it, I think some of the statistics are super interesting within this. In COVID, 44% of people started using new devices to help manage their health proactively. And I think it was about 90% of them had positive experiences, which is, I think, extremely high. Over half of people want to use more tech to communicate with the healthcare professionals and to manage their health. I know this is not a new stat, but the one that always gets me is the 200 billion healthcare searches on Google every year. That continues to, to blow my mind. You know, I think combining that increasing interest in healthcare, the ability that we all have to take care of our health and prevent disease... Combine that with more affordable technologies, particularly things that are already part of our day-to-day lives, I think that that's the the perfect storm for better prevention, better self-care, and and that's what we're seeing across the board.
1: Can you give us one or two examples of uh, the sort of digital tools that you see gaining momentum with consumers and maybe in the specific context of uh, the United States, uh, which is where most of our audience is for this podcast?
2: So I think there's all kinds of things and go from the very simple, I would still count as a digital tool about helping people to make decisions about which products they take. So online questionnaires, health and wellness questionnaires at its its very basic level are on the rise and helping people to navigate what is quite a complex, a complex shelf to choose what to do, what to buy, when to use it and all those kinds of things. So there are things, you know, and um, companies like Kerov, uh, where we have a, a majority stake in the US, it's a personalized VMS company. There has been a big rise in using that relatively simple from a user point of view to actually get better products. And the other thing, whilst there are increasing sales of, let's say, specialist devices, it's the things that people carry with them. It's their smartphones, it's their Fitbits, it's their Apple Watches. These are the things that people are starting to gain better insights from and starting to use to manage their health more and more. And I think, yeah, I can only see that kind of becoming more important in the future as the devices get more sophisticated, as they get better about giving us actionable insights if not diagnoses, these are the areas that I think are going to help make better self-care for more people much, much more accessible. You know, you take my personal favorite is uh, sleep at the moment for me. And I don't want to wear a special sleep monitoring device. I'm interested, but I'm not that interested. But I will wear my watch to bed and I will check it every single morning and I will adjust my behaviors based upon that. And I will add that into my the part of my daily routine and I think that's critical as well having whatever the solution technology might be something that can seamlessly integrate into your life and that will always be it's easy to be top of mind and keep doing it those are the things that are going to stay we know that complicated unpleasant experiences even complying with a medication for example you know lots of people drop out so making things super easy and part of people's lives I think is is. Part of this,
1: yeah. You mentioned something interesting at the beginning of your comments there—the 200 billion or so Google searches—and clearly, there's a lot of consumer-focused uh, products, devices. Uh, you mentioned the sleep monitor. You know, over an Apple Watch as well, and there's a lot of things that you can now do to monitor yourself and to take better care of yourself. At the same time, the question of how much of it is clinically validated, how much of it, your uh, physician or provider is going to accept? How much do they want to really look at all this information on top of the information that they're already receiving through a longitudinal care relationship? It feels to me like there's a need to integrate all of this new innovation that's coming out into mainstream healthcare delivery models. What are you seeing in that regard from your perspective at Bayer?
2: Well, I think that there's I look at it from two angles, one of which is I think there's some really promising technologies with things like digital therapeutics, which obviously that's in the in the RX kind of area and, and I'm consumer, but I can see that being absolutely relevant for consumer health as well. And, and in these areas you know, we could have have a debate, although I'm not an expert, about the evidence behind some of these. But there is a lot of evidence being generated on those digital therapeutics. And I think that from that angle, there's a huge relevance for self-care and actually helping people to take care of themselves and actually treat, you know, a digital drug. So I think it's coming from that angle. And I think when it comes to Using digital biomarkers to help identify where your problems are. For me, this isn't just about being able to run a report and, and give that to your doctor. It's about getting better actionable insights for you to manage your own health. And those don't always need to be 100% perfect and accurate the whole time in order to get kind of generalized insights that can actually help you shift your behavior in a better direction to become more healthier. I think there's an absolutely a role for, for those kinds of things. And I think the two may ultimately kind of meet in the middle. I think that in the meantime, there's a lot of value in the more general health, personal health insights that we can get from these different technologies. And that then can help individuals determine when they might need to go and see their healthcare provider and actually dig into an issue in more detail It's not always those things for things like, for example, my sleep. You know, this is about me being feeling better, waking up more alert, you know, being able to manage my busy job, two small children and those kinds of things. And the kind of insights that I get from my Apple Watch and the app that I've purchased are bang on for that. So I think it depends on the need.
1: Right. And you raised an important point, which is the need for evidence and for clinical validation For that, you have to do a lot of studies, you have to get access to data, you have to make sure that you're testing it on multiple populations. And and digital therapeutics has come quite some distance in the last few years, and it's it's almost a mainstream term right now. Can you give us your perspective on where we are? What is the current state of the evolution and innovation as it relates to some of these consumer facing devices or therapeutics uh, or tools and how they're fitting into the mainstream healthcare context.
2: So I think that within self-care, they this it's coming from all different angles and there's lots of different roles. I think if you think about the this cycle from within self-care, from awareness, education, engagement, assessments, diagnosis, treatments, and, you know, continuing that cycle. There's this role for different technologies within that. I'm really interested in things like symptoms assessment tool. So we've been working with uh, Ada Health and piloting with a couple of our brands around the world to see what is the role of powerful symptoms assessment to help guide people when they are in areas that are quite confusing like irritable bowel syndrome for example being one of them or identifying the causes of some of your pain some of those day-to-day things that are real issues for people I think that there's really important technologies that are helping very much with that part of the the self-care continuum we're seeing Whilst there's there's absolutely going to be a role for self-selection and you know the questionnaire-based uh, approaches, I think complementing some of the digital biomarkers, which are getting they are getting better and better and will continue to do so. And at one point, will become, you we know, I believe, acceptable to the entire health system. In the meantime, they provide, like I said, great information, actionable insights, and things like that. I think that increases. I also think that there's a role and people are increasingly accepting of drawing blood, providing saliva, to get more detailed information about themselves. And I think all of these pieces kind of are coming together. Unfortunately, I don't think we quite have the glue, which is where we, where we need as an industry to all work together a little bit better because all of these component pieces are pretty much there. Uh, the system isn't quite working seamlessly yet, I don't think.
0: We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Visit us at democonsulting.net and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to previous episodes at thebigunlock.com. With that, back to the conversation.
1: Yeah, that's a great segue to my next question, actually. Can you talk a little bit about Bayer's approach to this whole movement around self-care and to help consumers with the tools that they need to manage their care better?
2: I think innovation is what we spend all day doing. And when it comes to digital health versus non-digital health and and everything that is now in between, the process for me is broadly the same. For me, this is good self-care innovation. It's about taking a broad-scale medical unmet need, combining that with a big consumer unmet need, adding in the right technology that's going to meet those, layering in your evidence and giving it a great product experience. That's kind of my recipe for, for good innovation. And that's the same for it's the same for digital health. So you know, same process followed. I do think that technology is making it much quicker for us to get insights to develop the products, digitization of labs, prediction of stability, which is one of those pieces within traditional product development that takes quite a long time. We're using digital almost behind the scenes, as well as kind of upfront in the part of the consumer or the user experience to make that whole process better and faster, as well as how you end up engaging with your consumers. You know, it's not just about going to CVS and picking up a product and that's the end of it. You know, we're now able to unlock better care, better education, better engagement, you know, communities, all of those kinds of things. So same principles apply, but um, in order to add in the layer of digital, use digital technologies to do that. And I think one of the things that's super interesting for me is how all of this is, Unlocking prevention or the idea of prevention in a much more meaningful way has always been important for people, but lots of us, me included, haven't acted as much on it. You know, I think it's human nature we deal with today and we, we we don't worry so much about tomorrow for a lot of things, when, particularly when it comes to our own health And I think part of that is because it's hard to measure. A lot of these tools that are arriving are actually helping us to measure the things that we weren't able to before, you know, from my sleep score to my biological age and comparing that to my chronological age. All of these things are helping us to have a better awareness of today and tomorrow, which I think ultimately will help with prevention, which I think is going to unlock a whole new kind of series of innovations that the industry can make.
1: Yeah, we've used the term self-care quite a bit in this conversation. Uh, Just as a layman, how is it different from people just taking time off or just taking a vacation to kind of recenter themselves or going on a diet, me time, whatever you want to call it? Is there a specific (laughs) connotation that you attach to the term self-care?
2: I think for me, self-care and consumer health are kind of interchangeable. It's, um, I think, things like me time, that's been definitely used as a similar to to self-care. And I think me time is very important. But for me, it's not health. Self-care is about um, evidence-based, credible products and services that are going to improve people's health. So there are many different things that play a role. Alternative medicine you know, can play a role. But for me, I believe in evidence-based products and services, and, and that's really at the core of self-care. It doesn't mean that these all need to be drugs. We innovate on herbals and naturals. We have a brand in Europe called Abiragast, and this multiple clinicals over many years so a a big body of evidence around treating the symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome and it's a combination of six herbal extracts so it doesn't just need to be a drug but that evidence uh, is really important for me as part of this and um I think the last couple of years I've come to the conclusion that there isn't a great definition of what great self-care looks like along with a couple of colleagues this year we put down some thoughts on on what what great actually looks like when it comes to self-care not in the end product but how you get there because I think that's really important particularly when it comes to you know trust and credibility right. and, and ultimately for me well for us it's about kind of combining the real deep medical insights, the science of the human, you know being able to tap into sometimes emerging science and discovering new ways to, to kind of meet people's needs with technology, which can be drugs, can be digital. Being able to leverage work within and also influence the regulatory environment, which within consumer health is extremely fragmented. It's also about things like collaboration, and my personal favourite topic. This is about the consumer product experience, and I think this is something which some companies, some brands, have kind of forgotten a little bit over the years, or maybe never got to. I think sometimes with pharma heritage, and there hasn't been that focus on actually providing a brilliant product experience. And ultimately, if we want people to take care of their own health, we want them to use something on their own to to manage their health. It needs to be simple, and of course, it needs to be credible. It needs to work. They need to know and feel and have it cues that it's working, so that they can continue using that product. So I think when you combine all of those different elements, you get really good self-care products, and that's that's what we're that's what we're aiming for.
1: Yeah, and I think you make an important distinction between. Uh... Uh, self-care that is clinically validated, that's gone through some kind of scientific rigor in development and validation and so on. And today we are actually bombarded as consumers by a lot of conflicting information, conflicting research, not to mention the wild west world of unproven supplements that promise all kinds of things under the sun. We won't go there, but I just wanted to take your quick take on uh, where does the alt-medicine movement fit in this picture something like ayurveda for instance which is an ancient indian form of medicine do you see that fitting somewhere in the self-care movement uh is it you know what do you see
2: i think that people should do what works for them to manage their health is my my general belief Um, regardless of what i believe i think people need to use their own internal compass and, and do what's right for them and feel what works and go with that and as much as i might be skeptical about some areas of it i do think there's a lot of areas within you know alternative medicine that i don't even like the term alternative medicine i think ayurveda is is has a rich history and lots of evidence it might not always be packaged up in the same way as others are but there are things that are proven to work for many many people and so absolutely that needs to play a role within healthcare and including within self-care. I think that's incredibly important. Um, Unless the areas that have no scientific evidence behind them, I think will be much harder for them to kind of enter into that credible health area. But there are so many that do.
1: Turning to a different topic altogether, healthcare, at least in the United States, is all about who pays for it, right? There's the all-important question of following the money when it comes to healthcare. So for Many of these consumer products and these devices, quite frankly, and Apple Watch is not for everybody. it's uh, you know it's expensive, and uh, many of the devices, the monitors and uh, sensors and so on and so forth, for those who want to be you know totally all in, it can end up being a fairly high impact on the wallet. So how do you approach it? How does Bayer approach it when it comes to really driving adoption for some of these self-care products uh, that you're putting out?
2: I think well, I think it's evolving, and over the next couple of years, it will continue to evolve, particularly in the role of those much more kind of premium devices and things like that. In general, I think that there's a role for expensive niche diagnostics for the people that have the money to use them and are motivated to do to do so. And I also think that that can generate evidence that can be relevant for the rest of us. Who are actually out there self-selecting a product so i think that you can use and it's not just the halo effect but it's the evidence you can generate from an increasingly broad population of people that are buying into you know that kind of top of your pyramid of you know world-class diagnostics along with let's say you know a series of supplements or a different kind of uh, otc product you can then use those insights to help everyone else select what will be best for them. So I don't think everyone always needs to buy into all parts of this ecosystem. I think there's some real benefits that the more data we're generating about products, like the interaction of different products with different behavioral interventions, combining that with um, different kind of areas of where you live, you know, how old you are, all of those kinds of things together are going to give much more targeted advice to the people that don't want or can't access that but we can give them the great insights and say actually for someone like you this is much more likely to work and so I think that there's a real role and I don't think there's the elite versus everyone else I think that there's a huge role in particularly that evidence generation and that guides everyone and I think there's always going to be a role for simple products good education with robust evidence behind them that people can opt in at an affordable price to help them manage their pain, their anxiety, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. And I like the message that that you communicated about, you know, do what works for you. And it's not about which is whether it's the most expensive tool or whether it is a different kind of therapy or treatment. So precision health, for want of a better term, is what... I guess uh, you would describe that as. We're coming up to the end of our time. You know, you mentioned, I, I want to touch on one other topic. You mentioned partnerships. Uh, you mentioned Ada Health, and you mentioned the other company where you made an investment. So for the benefit of our listeners, and especially those who are, let's say, digital health startups who have a new product and were are looking to get their mark, you know, product out in the market in partnership with a global company such as Bayer, what's your advice?
2: Well, I think um, it's a great time to be working in healthcare and looking for partnerships because I think everyone has recognized that we need each other. So I think in the many years I've been working in health partnerships and seen lots of of great failures as well as some good successes. It's all about the fit. It's all about the fit. Finding like-minded organizations with great people who you can trust is as important as, you know, a potential deal or a potential commercial opportunity. And I know it's, it's something that people like to run to first. But what I've learned is when you take the time to understand where a founder is coming from, where an organization or a big, large corporate's priorities are, and you can start to find that common ground, that is a fantastic place to start. And then you start to build a relationship rather than a transaction. And this might be it might be a little bit fluffy, but it's, it's in my experience, that's what works. And you get to the deal, you can then be more flexible when you've built up the trust. Right. So I think it's about researching understanding connecting networking finding those like-minded companies because there can be a lot of wasted time we all spend a lot of time researching different technologies talking to lots of different people and lots of these things are going to be you know dead end roads that's okay and that's part of the process but you know taking the time to get that fit is right, and what do you really want? If you're a small company, are you looking for geographic expansion? Are you looking for fantastic regulatory expertise to scale your proposition? Uh, do you need help with evidence generation that's going to allow you to skyrocket your growth? Are you looking for brilliant supply chain expertise to uh, trim out the cost to bring your product to the masses? Like, what is it that you're looking for? What are the skills that your partner or many partners have? that's the most important thing
1: for me. Yeah, well, that's very well said. And thank you so much for sharing that uh, insight with, uh, especially with the digital health startup founders who who are listening to this podcast. David, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much and all the very best to you and your team. Thanks
2: very much for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at with your feedback and questions.